listeners, Kathy Lawless, Life Story Curator. I'm all about capturing and curating career and life stories as a meaningful way to celebrate a milestone moment like a big old birthday, anniversary, retirement, or graduation. And I'm at my best when curating photo books that move your memories from the basement or your phone or your computer to the coffee table, giving you and your family and friends access to these treasured memories for years to come. I also love curating and capturing life and career stories through this podcast series, How Did I Get Here? It's a series of interviews designed for people just starting out in their careers, people in transition or possibly feeling stuck, and giving them access to the stories of people who have been there, done that, so that they might be inspired with some new ideas or maybe just comforted knowing they are not alone, that everybody starts somewhere and everybody goes through times of transition and times when they feel stuck. Today, I'm very excited to be interviewing my good friend, Shannon Saviors. Welcome, Shannon. Well, thank you, Kathy. And we have been, we've met just in this last year through Wise Women and through golfing. And I feel like we became fast friends just on a number of fronts. And then now we're doing a legacy book for her dad, which is so fun. And uh, so I get to see a lot about how she grew up and uh, the influence that her dad had on her. So Shannon is a vice president at Sancherry and Associates, which is a management consulting firm. Before we jump into today's interview, Let's hear a word from our sponsor, Life Story Curator, a testimonial from one of their very happy clients. Oh my gosh, if you're considering hiring Kathy Lawless to do a book for you, you need to do it. My name is Ann DuPont and I'm Chair Emeritus of a nonprofit that's been based in Denver called The Leadership Investment. And after 20 plus years of being in business, we decided we had to celebrate and commemorate all of the great work we'd done and the impact we'd had in the Denver community. So we hired Kathy Lawless and Life Story Curator to help us do exactly that. And I've got to tell you, the result was, has been simply outstanding. And uh, we went into it with a little bit of fear, thinking, is this going to be too much work? Can we really take this on? And Kathy just made it absolutely painless. She was fun. She was creative. She broke the work into bite-sized pieces that we could really take hold of and get done. And she just made it a lot of fun. We had a lot of laughter along the way. And the feedback from the members of our organization, from the staff, the community, the volunteers, has simply been outstanding. It has really done quite a remarkable job of capturing the essence of everything we achieved over 20 years. So if you're thinking about doing something like this for your organization, for your career, for your family, I would highly recommend it. And I would absolutely say that Kathy Lawless and Life Story Curator is the person for you. As you know, listeners, we always like to start with the icebreakers and find out uh, if you would tell us, Shannon, where you grew up, uh, you know, kind of what part of the country or the world and what your family dynamic was like, you know, your birth order and how you think your birth order and the geographic nature of how you grew up shaped you as an individual. Sure. Um, so I'm glad you said, where did you grow up? Um, either uh, around the world or, or what part of the country? I uh, was born in Beirut, Lebanon. I'm the uh, daughter of a military um, uh you know, military person. And so we moved a lot. Uh, I lived in 18 houses before I was 18. 
when I went away to college at the University of Colorado. Um, I, uh, since then, uh, stayed in Colorado, married a native who's third generation, and um, here I am, still here. And still here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I uh, am the oldest of two people, two, two, well, I have one sibling, a sister. Um, she's five years younger than I am. And it's interesting, Kathy, because I was thinking about where do I feel in my birth order? And, and honestly, I kind of felt like we were two different families because five years between people is like a fifth grader and a first grader and a 12th grader and a seventh grader, you know, so there's a, a lot of um, time span there. So, um, you know, she's my sister, but it wasn't like I was responsible or, you know, had, you know, a whole lot of that family interaction other than, you know, we were two kids in one family type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny how until you get older, then the age difference doesn't seem to matter as much. Right. But boy, when you're young that you're right, it's huge, right? You were five and she was just a, a little tight coming into the world. So you were kind of the only and had yes. all of that uh, one-on-two attention from your parents. Um, yeah. So very different dynamic. Cool. So what activities did you do as a young person? So I uh, was in dance when I was really little, little pudgy little thing, dancing on the stage. And then um, uh, got into gymnastics. And then I was a cheerleader and um, played the piano. I was also in plays, uh, got the theater award at my high school. Um, I was a journalist. I was the editor of the newspaper. So those were some of my activities as I was growing up. Yeah. So it sounds like very active, very involved, uh, very social. Yes. Okay. So speaking of social, then would you say introvert, extrovert, or ambivert? Uh, I, I'm like a total extrovert. Total extrovert. <laughs> yeah. No question. I, I've always said I can't even, I can't lie because I can't remember, you know, to not say what's real. So uh, yeah, I'm out there. I yeah. Think. Well, I'm very expressive with what you're thinking at the time and, and everything, right? Yeah. Almost too much sometimes. Too That's much. okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, on the fun meter scale of one to five, one being couch potato and five being life of the party, where do you put yourself? I would say a four or five, a four, four let's say. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Seven. I don't know. I've yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I um, I'm, I, I rather enjoy getting people riled up and you know, sort of getting things kicked off and and moving. Um, I, I try not to dominate. You know, I, I more urge people to to get going and get engaged. You know, I, uh, I have this sort of internal kind of mantra about whenever I go to a party, I'm the host, even though I'm not. Yeah. So if I go to a networking function, I always, you know, sort of take on that persona as the host because it always makes me feel more comfortable. And it also engages people in, um, in what's going on around them. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've learned that technique as well. It's a, uh, it helps you personally, but then it is great for everybody else because everyone's feeling a little awkward and a little, oh, who, who am I going to know? And do I really want to go? And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's helpful when someone's just there talking to you right at the, 
the table or at the parking lot, right? It's always great even in the parking lot to walk in with someone. <laughs> you bet, you bet, yeah. And not have that in immediate, ooh, who, who do I know? And you yeah. just want to run to that person, but you're being, you're being cool, right? You're being cool. Yeah, yeah. so cool. <laughs> yeah. So uh, risk meter, same scale, one to five, one being low risk taker, five being a high risk taker. Where do you put yourself? You know, it I think it depends upon the situation. Uh, I would say, you know, four, I mean, I'm not like an ad adrenaline junkie, but I'm, I, I enjoy being in the tickle zone, you know, kind of like where you got that little tickle of, I don't know if I should do that or not do that, you know, that, that, that sort of place in, in the world. So a little edgy, but not, you know, not necessarily saying, you know, going over that edge of saying, okay, you know, I'll do anything. I'll, you know, jump from that cliff type of thing. Yeah, but you want that little nudge or that little uh, uh, buzz, I guess. Yeah, thrill, yeah. You know, yeah. So you push yourself in that way, but but not all, all the way over the edge. Yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah. No skydiving yet. Okay, none of that yet. You know, I did the indoor skydiving. I don't know. Oh, that. I should do that. And so that was really fun, um, you know, because it's float. Well, and you were a gymnast. I was a gymnast. So yeah, the floating and the the body, uh, that was really cool. And then someone asked me afterward, well, now are you, you ready to jump out of a plane? And I'm like, uh, no. No. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> because it's very different to look down and see a net and a giant fan and my brain can get around that, you know, the reason that I'm floating you know, is because of that and not that I just jumped out of a plane, which I'd be like, how do I take that first step out of the plane? I, my brain probably wouldn't <laughs> let me. <laughs> okay, so, well, Shannon, tell us a little bit about what it's like to be a vice president at San Cherry Associates um, doing management consulting, and then we'll get into how did I get here? Okay, great. So I am responsible for uh, business development and also service delivery, which means that I have relationships with clients, um, typically long-term or you know, repetitive uh, relationship or projects that I do with them. Um, I help, I sort of identify where they need help in their growth or strategy, um, try to discern what are the things that are gonna make it, you know, make it move the needle and help them uh, you know, make the change that they need to make. Um, we scope a project and then um, I'm also responsible for building the team and then executing on the delivery of the project, which means, you know, uh, finding the right resources within our organization, making sure that the project's going as, as planned, um, interacting with the client to make sure they're happy, um, you know, urging or pushing on the consultants to make sure that the, the product that we deliver is as high quality as we can get it um, in the time frame um, and, and the time spent on it. Um, and then, you know, maintaining those relationships over time. Um, I've been at the organization uh, 16 years, um, six years, the last six years have been in that role. Before that, I was just doing um, consulting and, and doing large uh, transformation projects with them. Ah, so the business development role is the new role in the last six years. Yeah, which oh. isn't that new, but yes, isn't that new? <laughs> anymore. No, anymore. But it is, a, it is a shift to go from the consulting to the business development and owning then the whole kind of soup to nuts, right? Yeah. 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 It really is. And it, you know, it, I always 
said to myself, I'll never, never be in sales. And, and I really don't believe I'm in sales. I believe that I bring um, solutions to clients. So yeah. that's how I frame it in my head. Yeah. Well, and, and I get, cause I was part of a, a similar consulting um, unit and yeah, you needed to have that person like what you're doing, going out and talking to the clients about, well, where are their pain points? And sometimes they don't even know they're just talking to you about what's going on, but you can see through it because you've seen it with other clients and you can see that there's another way forward and that they need either a different strategy, different level of management, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it's, yes. a, it's quite the, um, the skill set to be able to do that then, but then also to deliver. I mean, that's, that's both. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I think it's, I, I think it's important because, you know, you have it in your head, what needs to be done and you have it in your head, how, how it can be solved and how it can help the client and who knows better than you that's been talking to them and then turning back around and working with the, the you know, making sure that the client is, is getting what they need out of it. And, you know, even if there are twists and turns that you're sort of navigating it. Yeah. So I think that's important. So a lot of uh, human interaction. So your extrovertedness works well, I would guess. It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> okay. So when you were, I'm going to take you back now onto how did sure. I get here. Yeah. When you were in junior high, high school, what were you thinking you wanted to be when you grew up? And were you thinking- An actress, oh, an artist, who knows? <laughs> Something like that. Were you thinking management consultant? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, understand that you know, I grew up in the military, so I only thought there were pilots. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I have to tell you that when, um, that I, when I was selecting college, I, uh, applied to University of Colorado and I applied to the art program. So I was very interested in, um, being an artist until I got through the first half of my first freshman semester and realized that I wasn't a very good artist and quickly switched to business. Um, and in doing so, <clears throat> was able to, you know, sort of set my sights on this is what, you know, this is the direction I want to go. You know, I didn't know anything other than the military. So it was like, okay, there's military and then there's business. So I'm going to, I'm going to be a businesswoman. And this was, you know, in the seventies, in the late seventies. So um, not many role models, but, you know, I was headed that way, regardless, I was going to be the first, you know, first woman, blah, 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 whatever it was going to be, um, in business. So, uh, that was, that was the direction I headed. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that because it, you know, how do you know when you're a young person, right? That's what's so hard. And that's one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is you really, you look at the people around you, you look at your teachers and, you know, who's of influence in your circle and, uh, yeah, you got to pick one. So you start with art. And then you jump over to business, but is it just because you said, like you said, business, it was either business or military. You thought there was just kind of two options. Yeah. Art was maybe the third, but you're like, whoa, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to be a doctor. I'm not going to be a lawyer, you know? So what else is there? Yeah. But you also didn't think about teaching either. So business was. No, that's true. That, that I don't have that nurturing bone. Ah, well, from a business perspective, did you have a, a teacher or a coach or something that kind of, kind of was pulling you in that direction? You know, I think I, 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 you know, I don't, I can't remember anyone specifically influencing me other than knowing that I, you know, I, I wanted to be independent. I wanted to 
you know, have enough money to live on. I wanted to be self-sufficient, you know, all of those things that sort of led me in that direction. Um, you know, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. So, you know, I didn't really have that. I knew that that's what I didn't want. So I, you know, that's, that it was more of a survival. I call it more of a survival than a calling. Yeah. Yeah. And your dad at the time when you were college age, were you, was he still in the military at that time? He or was. Had- yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So still you hadn't even seen him switch. Cause I know he switched then to get into yeah. more business. Yeah um, you know, business oriented, uh, right. Right. Yeah. And in fact, when I was in high school selecting my college, I was in the Philippines. So unlike all the wonderful tours that you can do today or looking online at, you know, at, at colleges, you know, I sort of like opened up time magazine and they had a, a spread of, you know, a bunch of kids streaking on Folsom field. And I said, I got to go there. So that's how I picked my college, you know, which is, which I'm sure their marketing department and PR department hated that. That's what was in time magazine, but they were like, I'm in, I'm in. Fun factor. Okay. See the, you are seven. You weren't a four or five or seven. uh, Tell us then how college. So then once you jumped into business in that first middle of that first semester, then no looking back. Yeah, no, not, not, no looking back. And I, you know, I, I got through college in three and a half years. Um, you know, I was very interested in the stuff that I was learning and just kind of poured myself into it. I was in a couple of um, clubs, very active. I was part of an international uh, or uh, club called ISEC. Um, I was the president of that group. I also was um, in a sorority rush chairman. So, you know, had a very active, um, social life as well as just really diving into what that career would be like. I, I really enjoyed operations management and sort of the organizational aspects of it. So, um, spent, you know, time studying that. And when I got out, I was, um, sort of a, a dual emphasis, um, um, uh, operations management and organizational management. So I kind of had those two sides of it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You mentioned though, that you're also um, in two, two organizations, but you're also in leadership roles in those organizations. Oh yeah. Yeah. How did you find your, your leadership voice? Were you just kind of a natural leader or did you know, that's a good question. And that, um, that comes from, came from moving around where um, in the military, you move every two years. And so if you think about it, you have one year to make your mark and the next year to transition. And so, um, you know, when when I, at every school that I started in, I would always run for student council. By the way, I didn't always win. Um, The only time I did win was my junior year when I went for a slot, nobody else ran against me. So I was, you know, that, that was the default on that one. But the, the, um, what that taught me was kind of get involved, get involved early. And if you're going to be involved, get involved all the way, because, you know, just being a participant is not really, you know, I mean, it it doesn't, it, it doesn't engage me. So, um, so that's just, you know, that was, that's just a natural pattern and you'll see it, you know, I mean, that happens all throughout my career. So, 
Yeah. Well, that's got to be tough as a young person moving all the time, but maybe because you knew that was going to happen, that that's also a different maybe expectation. Um, you know, cause I think a lot of young people are surprised if a move happens, right. Because they don't yeah. know that that's going to happen. And all of a sudden mom or dad's career takes them to a different place. But in the, in the military, you, you know, that, right. Did, did you ever, yeah. your dad though, the fact that, you know, that you didn't want to move every two years. Yeah. It, 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 it uh, I, the older I got, the more painful it got, um, where you're living, you know, you're younger and you're like, okay, you know, you don't, you know, your friends, you, you could see them in two weeks or you could see them never again. But when you get older, um, those ties are much tighter. And so it was, it was tough. I would say particularly my move when, when, I, when I went from uh, sophomore to junior year was a particularly difficult one. It wasn't so hard leaving high school because nobody was going to be there and nobody ever went back to there because it was in the Philippines. But um, you know, it was tough. It was tough, but again, it's kind of replacing what's lost with something that's exciting. So, you know, you kind of, you kind of fill it in. Yeah. Well, and being the extrovert that you are, you're, you want to meet friends. So what great way to do that than to get involved in an organization and just, I mean, that's exactly. almost a natural way to, to get involved as the new kid, right? Is, yes. Hey, I'm, I'm going to step up and run for these roles and I'm not going to just be passing you right. away. I want yeah. to be noticed and be part of it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, thanks for giving us that little insights. Again, that's so important about where we grew up. And plus then you were around the world. So didn't, I would think that kids would be just naturally drawn to you because they'd be like, well, tell us what it's like to be in the Philippines or whatever country you were in. Yeah. But it also, I'll I'll tell you what it did more than that is that it made me appreciate, um, you know how sometimes when you when you look at things and you go, you know, oh that's different, and the way I always thought about it is, oh I'm different. They're you know that's natural. That's what they do. That's the culture, and I'm the different one. And so it it was a you know it's sort of a it gives you a lot of respect for understanding that you're the newbie going into an environment and you have to sort of quickly assess the situation and try to figure out ways that you can fit in as opposed to, Hey, you're coming into my world and you know, we're going to do it my way type of thing. Oh yeah. You, I mean, there are different cultures and um, different languages and food and uh, slang and all the different things that are funny and not funny. And yeah. You had to learn all of that. And then you come back to the U.S. and you, you didn't have maybe some of the, the cool stuff because you'd been gone. Well, I'll tell you, my first weekend at CU, it snowed and I didn't have a pair of shoes because I'd been wearing sandals for two years. So wow. there you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to need shoes. <laughs> and probably a down coat. You probably didn't have a right coat. <laughs> maybe some yet. socks. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you graduate college. What were what was that first job then? So my first um, job was in human resources for an aviation company. Um, you know, remember my dad was in in he was an aviator, um, and I worked. Uh, I went to work for Jefferson Sanderson, um, the aviation mapping company, 
um, and went in as an HR person. And that was my kind of my first real, real job where I dressed up, you know, in Walter Malloy's little bow tie thing and, you know, jacket and walked around in my pumps. And, you know, it was pretty important because I was interviewing everybody that was going to get a job there or not. Or not. Yeah. Or not. And you had the suit jacket with the shoulder pads because it was the eighties, right? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) And did that fit you? I mean, it sounds like you were kind of pleased that this is a great job to have at right. Yeah, I, I actually enjoyed it. Um, but what happened is that, and I can't even remember how much I was making. It doesn't really much matter, but I was interviewing people and it was sort of at the dawn of the IT, you know, starting to get, uh, you know, computing on, on, uh, with companies and we were hiring a whole new IT staff and I was interviewing these people and oh my gosh, Kathy, they were making like three times what, what I was making. It was crazy. Mm. And, um, and I, and I was like looking at this and, you know, most of them of course were men, but then, um, I came up, interviewed this woman who, who, this woman who came in and, um, she was just such a gracious person and had so much going for her. She was beautiful. She was tall. She was, you know, smart. She was making a ton of money. And um, I had been working with the headhunter and I said, I I was kind of like, I mean, meaning that he was bringing me candidates. And I was like, how can these people be making so much money? Gosh, I wish I could do that. And he goes, well, you know what? You can. He said, you know what they need in IT is somebody who can speak English, somebody who can interrelate with people, somebody that um, understands um, that can translate the needs of the business into, you know, requirements of the computer age, if you will. And so I made a decision to go back and get my master's degree in information systems. And in doing so, um, sort of um, began an, uh, sort of my, I'll call it version 1.5, which was moving more into the IT space and um, got a job as a technical writer and then a uh, systems analyst and sort of had that IT, that kind of technical part of me. Yeah, uh, and, and, and at a timing when, like you were saying, technology was definitely on the rise. Oh my gosh, it was so cool. And, yeah, uh, but not a lot of women in it. I mean, there's still not a lot of women in it, which is kind of sad. There's way more now than there ever has been. But um, yeah. yeah, you were yeah. definitely a pioneer at that. Time. I was. Yeah, yeah, I was at the very beginning. But I, I do love too how you said you know you just kind of off the cuff mentioned this to this person. Yeah. That oh well maybe I need to be doing something or you know. Why can't yeah. I make this kind of money? He's like, well, yeah. you can. And then yeah. he opened the door for you, right? Because you kind of had this limiting belief for yourself. But then he's like, well, you can totally. This is what they need. But but he also gave you um, a road, right? Right, a, a, a bridge. Yeah, just yeah. Like, you could be her, which you kind yeah. of be like, well, how do I get to be her? But yeah. yeah, he gave you that bridge. Yeah, yeah. So that was, that opened a whole different door um, that, was so enlightening and and just kind of set me on a totally different trajectory um, in my career being, you know, more on the technology side. Um, And, and, you know, kind of when was a systems analyst and then decided to 
um, get more into the product side um, and, and really spent the next um, you know, 10, 15 years uh, leading uh, product development with that were you know, technology enabled products. Um, because I had the technical background, but I also had the business background and I also had the people skills. And so kind of brought it all around to, okay, well, how can we design products that fits the needs of the customers that are technology enabled? Oh, so did you stay in the aviation space or were you? No, well, no, no. Cause I worked HR, I worked for an aviation. Then I worked for a construction company. Then I worked for actually Frontier Airlines for a while. And then I went to work for um, an information company. So um, sort of traversed, traversed about, if you will, because um, the industry wasn't as important as it was. I think the skills, the basic skill set that I had mm-hmm. to, to be able to apply to it. Yeah. And so- then um, I was in that, that product job for quite a bit. Um, several years. And um, one day was reading Working Woman magazine. Do you remember that? I don't even know if it exists. I don't think it does anymore. I haven't and, looked because I yeah, have a lot of magazines. Yeah. I just don't read magazines anymore. Right? Yeah. yeah. And it said, you know, uh, top, you know, 50 companies that, you know, appreciate women or top women, women-friendly companies, top women-friendly companies. And I opened it up and U.S. West was at the very top of that list. Um, and you know, they're in Denver and I said, gosh, I, I think I want to go work for them. (laughs) And so, so I just sort of started talking about it and lo and behold, ended up, um, actually through a connection. Um, my dad, uh, at the time was working for a company back East and he was in charge of the, um, aviation group. And um, happened to be flying, um, having one of the clients fly to him that was coming from Denver. And, and somehow, I don't know how it came up, they said, hey, don't you have a daughter here? Do you want to you know, stick her on the airplane? And he said, sure. And I flew back for the weekend. And it turned out to be the um, uh, senior vice or executive vice president, whatever his title was, of the um, human resources at US West. So I um, got to know him and, you know, and it just kind of, you know, everything sort of fell in order. And um, I'd been being recruited by a a headhunter at the same time. And it just was that one little nudge to get me in. Wow. Wow. So that's kind of cool that it was a relationship from your dad. Yeah. Yeah. And this this flight and back to the aviation thing again, right. With the planes being such a common theme in your family. Yeah. Interesting. Well, not everybody gets that opportunity. Right? No, gosh, no. hours with an executive and on yeah. the company that you want to work for. Oh, yeah, because it could have been a totally different company that he was <laughs> that was flying you back. <laughs> it could have. It could have. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're back in HR again. No, um, I no, I went to work oh. in strategy. Oh, in, in strategy. strategy. Yeah. 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 And, and it was all about um, it was all about developing. Uh, at, at that time, there was um, um, a, a decree, if you will, that allowed uh, U.S. West to get into the information business. And so I was taking my background in the information business and sort of applying it into this whole new um, world. And uh, it, it really was in advertising in the um, Yellow Page uh, division. 
So it was uh, looking at ways that we could um, create electronically based, uh, you know, data-based um, information for customers. Now, mind you, this was in the late 90s where people didn't use things like computers to look up in the yellow pages, you know, it's still, it was still like the time when everybody would go, oh my gosh, the yellow pages are here, the yellow pages are here. So it was, you know, very early on in the, in the real dawn of, um, you know, what would become, um, you know, broadband as we see it today and the information that we, we have, you know, ready access to. Wow. So you get to be part of the leading edge yeah. strategy for US yeah. West. That's got to yeah. be a cool job. It was very, it was very cool. It was super cool. And I worked with some tremendous people and many of whom were women at one point in time, our leadership group, there were 12 uh, vice presidents. And I think it was something like eight of them or 10, you know, majority, like a large amount were women. So it was the first time that I'd really had strong women leaders to to look to yeah and have those role models and yeah and if you can see it you can be it kind of thing um but it seems like you already had some sort of confidence anyway to be able to do that because you were mainly the only woman before that and you were going to such different um different uh i guess roles or industries than women were in so tell us a little bit about how you got your confidence and maybe part of that was what you were saying about the every two years having to move and having to make friends but yeah I mean, what i mean stepping into a strategy role like that is is huge yeah yeah i i think you know there are a couple of things one is that i've always um studied hard so uh you know, I got my bachelor's degree in three and a half years. I got my master's degree in an area that not a lot of people had master's degrees in. So that that did give me credentials that were unique um, in in the field. Um, I also have, you know, I also am, um, you know, pretty opportunistic. <laughs> If there's something that comes up that, you know, is an opportunity to volunteer and take a leadership role, then, you know, count me in. Um, I was, you know, early on in, in one of my jobs, they had me going out and sort of evangelizing technology with the customers. And I didn't know a whole lot about the business or the product, but what I what I did know was how to translate and how to talk about technology in a way that people could understand. And so, you know, I think that that, you know, that ability to explain things in mm -hmm. simplistic manner that people could understand, the ability to listen to problems and then be able to turn them back around and, and you know, come up with solutions, um, you know, kind of gave me in my book, an opportunity. The other thing is that I'm, I'm very organized. So I am a project manager at heart. I have a plan, I have a backup plan, and then I have a backup plan. <laughs> so what that did in my work is, you know, I would be the, you know, they always say the person that holds the pen is the person that has the power. Mm -hmm. So I was always the person doing the planning or writing the plan or directing the plan or coordinating the plan. So, um, 
you know, so I, I think that that put me in a, always a very visible situation and also um, helped me build, build that confidence and, you know, that track record. So is it that you can see the plan? I mean, is it just, because like my sister is this way, she has a strength in strategy and she's like, you know, she can step into different situations and roles and she, she can just see that this is the plan and this is what needs to happen. I, I totally do that. I can, you know, it's like, I see, I always said, you know, I worked for this, this wonderful man and, you know, he was a concept guy. And I said, I said, you know, show me your concept and I can take your concept and put it into a plan. I, I make your dreams come true is sort of how I, how I put it uh-huh. is that because I'm always, you know, looking for that way of getting from, you know, any problem can be solved as, as far as I can see. I mean, it's, it, they, it all can be solved. And there's many ways to get there. Um, and so it's, you know, it is a natural habitat of mine in this whole, you know, planning, organizing and directing. That's just a very natural place for me. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, because I would see that also with a, being a firstborn, but you really didn't have the firstborn set of responsibilities. Like some of the people I've interviewed, they're like, they were, you know, I'm the oldest of seven and we had you know six and five and a half years or something like you're like what um yeah and they were like they're you know the one responsible for all of those little ones underneath them and being kind of that second you know mom yeah Uh, so you didn't have to do that but these are just other skill sets that really come naturally for you have you done the strengths finder i have is is strategy one of your strengths finder strengths or yeah and a achiever um gosh i should have gotten that out before this but yeah (laughs) They're all the things that you would imagine. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's one of the cool things about, I think the strengths finder tool is how, you know, once you kind of get those, you're like, oh, well, that's my, my natural thing. And you probably look at this and go, well, why can't other people do this? You know, yeah. you just, what you, what you don't see it. And then, you know, you write it out and then they can see it, but yeah. they didn't see yeah. it the way, uh, the way it just frames up for you. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So then, and then your extrovertedness, you just haven't been afraid to to kind of share that with people and, and share what your plans are and directing and. Yeah. And, and the other thing is just, um, I would, I, I want to call it, um, I'll call it either tenacity or, um, yeah, I'll call it tenacity. There's a, uh, I remember at, at like a classic moment, um, with one of my, uh, bosses who I didn't particularly love and, you know, I don't know what was happening, something, and I didn't agree with him. And, and he, he looked at me, he goes, you know, you look so sweet until you open your mouth. And, and it was just like, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, I expect you to be sweet because you're a girl. And I was, it just like, you know, revved me up. And, and I thought never will anybody do that to me again, because, you know, I am, you know, I am smart and I am good and I do know what I'm doing and I don't speak up until I know what I'm doing. I'm not, you know, I'm, I really do know my stuff and it just, um, you know, so that's, that's always run kind of how I work. And and not to say that there are times when I don't know my stuff. I mean, believe me, there's plenty of times, but um, when I do, it's, it's, you know, I, I know it's ironclad. Yeah. Yeah. That is what's so challenging for women, right? Is that, 
that exterior expectation that we should act a certain way and, and, uh, and, and not challenge and not be assertive. And then when we are, that's what gets people kind of riled up, right? Is that we don't fit the mold, uh, especially yeah. I would say early back in the early nineties, right, um, right. In, in late eighties and stuff, you know, you were like, well, but as a woman, you should be this way. And it's like, well, but I'm, I'm just being me. Yeah. <laughs> you mean yeah. I should be this way. You just don't have enough women around to know how women really work, right? Yeah. And you want them to look and act like you. So of course you don't know how women work. <laughs> <laughs> so any any times when you were in, in through this path so far where you really kind of felt stuck? Oh, and or you, you said opportunistic, so it sounded like you're always looking for, oh, what could be next? But were were there times where you got got stuck or um maybe oh, yeah. Didn't have oh, yeah. as much success as you wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, early on, I, I was laid off from a job, although I can't remember which job it was or for how long. It must not have been for long. And um, that just devastated me. I mean, it was, you know, it wasn't Shannon getting fired, but it was like we, it was a downturn of the business, which, you know, was pretty common and lowest end of the denominator. And so, you know, you're out type of thing. And I remember being just in utter, you know, tears and talking to my husband. I'm like, oh my God, I have to find a job. This is not so hard. And he goes, this is great for you. Guess what? You get to meet more people. And so, you know, it's like, it was turning it around from, this is awful to, you know, lean on your strengths, you know, lean on what you like to do, take it as if, you know, if you don't like that, then how do you reframe it into something else? Um, and, and so that, that I think was well, like, that just, you know, was one of those things where you go, oh, wow. And, and I think that that experience of having that was, a you know, a, a game changer for me. Um, and another time that, uh, that I kind of had this reckoning is that I had um, taken a, an opportunity to get, you know, taken a package and I was, um, wanting to pursue this consulting career, which by the way, I, you know, sort of planned 10 years before I said, you know, that's where, that's where I'm going in 10 years. And I, you know, I'm, I prepared for it in terms of, uh, ensuring that I had, you know, a, a background in a variety of areas, including, you know, strategy, finance, marketing, you know, customer technology operations. And, um, and, and I, I'd been offered this, uh, you know, this opportunity to, to get this nice package, which was going to fund my first year of, of starting my own business, which was like magical, right? It's magical. Um, but at the same time, I, or not at the same time, because about a year earlier, I had had twins. So when I, um, you know, when this happened, I left my company, you know, vice president, blah, 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 blah. And then I was Shannon and I was Shannon with my own company, but I had little kids, twins. And, and um, I had this crisis in my, who am I? you know, I'm, I, I had this moment where you go from associating yourself, because remember, what was I going to be when I grew up? Business girl, right? Business woman. Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. all of a sudden, I went from being a titled executive to being, you know, on my own, 
you know, not really a title, starting a business, a new mom, you know, and my whole identity got blown away because I wasn't who I was. Um, and that, that experience, you know, I, 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 I totally didn't anticipate that this would happen to me, but it just took me down and it, it was like, oh my God, I'm nobody. I'm just nobody because I wasn't a vice president. Well, I was really a CEO, but I forgot about that. And, you know, and I, I was a mother of, you know, incredible kids and I was, you know, all these things, but it just, it, it, by taking that title away and that company association, it just took me down. And what I learned from that is, you know, we carry all of our things with us and we, we are, we are our own identity, not our companies or not our past or not, you know, it's like who we are. And I, I think that that was, you know, it was a really low point, but it was a really good um, moment in my life in terms of being able to come into my own, you know, and I was, you know, in my forties when that happened, but yeah, um, yeah, big learning. It is, it's a big shocker and you don't expect it. I, I had this similar experience when I got laid off. I mean, I took the package. I could have had another role and done, you know, there was a, title change and this and that and that you know but I decided it had been 20 years <clears throat> so I took the package and you know of course you're celebrating you're having fun <clears throat> but I remember one of my 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 kind of down moment was walking into a, a networking event and that there was no name tag yeah. or my name tag had my my company on it and I was no longer with that company <clears throat> so I'm like well do I scratch it out or so <laughs> I had the handwritten name tag and then I'm like, oh, what am I going to put on my name? You know, it was very, and I had, I wasn't prepared for that. Now, yeah. the, the good news is I was actually on the board of directors for this women's leadership organization. So then I'm like, well, I'm on the board of directors. So I'll put board member. I, so then I put the women's leadership organization, which just gave me something that gave me that identity. But you're right. It's, it's a big shock. And you don't realize how connected you are to the title and the prestige of the company. Yeah. And yeah. then, but also my measures of success. I remember, you know, I, oh, I've started my own business. I felt kind of proud of that. And then I'd be like, well, but what's my revenue? People, you know, people ask, how's business going? How's this? And you're, you know, like, oh, um, you know, then, then you kind of start shrinking into your measures of success are so different because, you know, you're running these multi-million dollar projects and then you go to running not multi-million. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. No, really. It's it was a big, you know, it was a big change. But it, you know, what I did, Kathy, and what I, you know, this is like a pattern you'll see, is that um I decided then I had to find my team. You know, what is what is, you know, it with my team before was inside of my company. And now I had to find a new team. And so um as I do, you know, during any transition as I just, you know, found a group, you know, found a couple of groups that I could be um, really involved in. So um, uh, got very involved in the Mothers of Multiple, which <laughs> ran their sale, um, also got heavily involved in uh, women in telecommunication and, and cable um, uh, in Denver. Um, and, you know, it happened that that group was going through, you know, the industry was going through a transition, which is why I'd been 
allowed to leave because there was somebody buying somebody and somebody, there was a federal trade commission thing that they had to get rid of something or other. I don't know. There were all these trades you, going you on. Probably put your name on the list so that you yeah. could seed your firm. And I mean, so this was yeah. your choice and then you ended yeah. up. With it. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. But inside so, of the industry and especially in Denver, there were all these women, you know, that belonged to this women's organization, industry organization, that were going through all this transition. So um, we, you know, we were talking about that as a you know, kind of leadership team in that group and said, you know, what we need to do is to start a mentoring program. And so, and the whole idea was how do we connect people that get it, you know, that more senior women with more, you know, junior women and, and kind of have them be able to help each other during this time of transition um, and, you know, launch this mentoring program, which, you know, probably a thousand people have gone through it in the last 10 years or however many years it's been at this point. Um, but again, that's an, that's the idea of, you know, how do I get engaged in a new arena so that I can then, you know, flourish, you know, how do I, how do I get out of one and get into the other and, and how do I find my, you know, my people? Yeah. How do you find your people? But you're also, we're solving a bigger problem too. So that had to feel good that it wasn't just you finding your next group of people. It was you helping all of these totally. women yeah. in the same, in, yeah. a, in, a, in a similar boat that you knew could go through this same identity issue. Um, yeah. And, and also, it, you know, Kathy, it was solving, it was kind of giving back on the, I didn't have a role model thing right? Mm -hmm. So I didn't have a role model. I didn't know, I didn't have anyone to turn to. So, you know, how did, how do we solve that? Um, as you know, inside of the industry, outside, wherever we want to do it, but how do you, um, you know, how do you provide that opportunity so that, you know, the youngins can talk to the, you know, can feel free to interact with people that are more senior, um, and you know, that they normally wouldn't get that intimacy with. Yeah. Well, it's funny. If you've never had that, you don't even know you need it. But as soon as you have a little bit of that, boy, you sure recognize this is great. And oh my gosh, I'm so lucky to have this. And how can I get more of it? And then how can I help the people behind me? Right. Then there's the exactly. Yeah. Back. But sometimes yeah. if you've never had it, you don't know you need it. Um, right. You get exposed to something and you're like, wow, this is, this is that what I was craving. So, well, Shannon, gosh, I could, this is where things are really getting good, but we, we got to start wrapping up here. So um, I do appreciate you sharing those last few pieces because it, that is where it gets hard, but that's what people need to relate to is they need to know it. It hasn't been all puppies and rainbows. Uh, you had to create your own rainbows, right? And your own bridges and your own uh, next steps. And it's hard to do that when you're not feeling your, your strongest or your best. Yeah. Or being recruited, right? Yeah. If, if someone's not maybe recruiting you, it's very different. I remember I had several friends being recruited. I'm like, oh, well, I want to be recruited. How <laughs> you, you know, it's funny how you, again those measures of success exactly you know we're important to you until you know. But back when I was in corporate, I was kind of irritated by some of those calls when they came, right. right? And then they were like, well, no one's calling anymore. What happened? What happened? Yeah, is this thing still working? Is that anyway? Okay. <laughs> So I do have a couple wrap-up questions, Shannon. So the sure. first is share with us what you think served you best over your career and your life. It, it can be a strength, a habit, a characteristic, or maybe a discipline. What, what served you best? Um, I think it's, I, I think we talked about it 
a lot, which is, um, you know, just feeling comfortable and, and uh, giving grace uh, to folks and, um, you know, being able to pull experiences from a lot of places into um, solutions, um, you know, kind of systems thinking. So those are some of the things that are top of mind for me. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned translator earlier, and I think that translator, you got to be able to relate to both sides, right? Who, yeah. The side yeah. you're translating from and the one you're translating to, right? So you've really got to be in a zone where you're connecting with people and, um, and like you said, giving grace, but then you also have to give yourself grace, right? <laughs> when you yeah. get to the point of, <laughs> of not doing so. Yes. Well, very cool. So, and then last wrap up question is any words of wisdom that were impactful for you at some point in your career, or maybe words of wisdom that you use today that you feel kind of help you stay either inspired or. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm a big believer in intention, being intentional. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, you know, if, if you reflect back to the, the comment about, I wanted to work for us West and somehow ended up in an airplane with the head of HR for us yeah. West. I mean, that, that is not, I mean, I'm telling you these things. I wanted to meet Jane Polly one year. I wanted to meet her and guess what? I met her, you know, it's, it's like, it, and it's not like magical, you know, like I have these four things that I'm going to do. It's just like saying, I want to go there saying, I want to do that. And then just being open to avenues of getting there. However, weirdly they happen. Um, so, I, you know, I'm a big believer in that, you know, I, I'm, you know, I set my intention and it's, it's all in, man. It's, you know, I want to, right now I'm uh, serving on a, a, a non-profit, a school board. Um, but, you know, my intention is to work on, on corporate boards. And so I'm super intentional. I'm doing classes. I've got certification. I'm networking, but, you know, I think that everybody has to be, if you're intentional, it happens. Yeah. Well, and it's also, you made a key point when you said intentional, that you say it out loud. You tell oh, yeah. people, because if you yeah. keep it in your head and you're just like, oh, yeah. I'm going to do this. Yeah. Uh, if I, then other, other people can't help you. And that's the right. thing that happened for you, right? Is as soon as you start talking to other people, they're like, oh, well, here's a class you can take. Here's a certification you can take. Well, here's yep. a board that's looking. I mean, that's the kind of thing that starts to happen, right? Or, or so-and-so is flying on a plane and why don't you join them? <laughs> and that's kind of, okay, that's a little <laughs> bit out there, but but it happens. So why can't finding a board happen? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Shannon, this has been such a pleasure. Again, I've had such a great summer golfing with you and spending time with you and now working with you and your sister and learning about your dad's life story. Now I got to dive into your life story. So it has been a pleasure. So thank you for sharing that. And I know that someone out there needed to hear this today. So oh, thank you. Okay. Awesome. You're welcome. And listeners, if you enjoyed today's interview, please subscribe below so you'll be alerted when other interviews are published. And if you have any questions for me or for Shannon, you can find this interview on the blog section of my website, lifestorycurator.com, which I will also post all of Shannon's uh, social media information so you can get in touch with her should you decide to do so. And on that note, I guess I will say stay safe, stay well, and let's keep sharing those stories. Have a great day.